All right. So we do a weekly podcast where we talk about freelancing and freelancer stuff. And um, we, we've talked about all kinds of stuff like um, setting your rate or um, what are some of the other topics we talked about? We talked about getting started, marketing. Yeah, marketing. Lots of marketing. So... Um, so anyway, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about marketing through a conference like this, and um, there there are a lot of things that we can do to to do that kind of stuff. I'm not as much an expert on this, but uh, I know that these guys are. So um, why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves, and then we'll start talking. So I guess I'll go first. I'm Charles Max Wood. Um, I do this podcast, <laughs> Ruby Rogues. Um, JavaScript Jabber, and on occasion I actually post to a few other podcasts that I've kind of let slide. Um, but I am a freelance uh, developer in Ruby on Rails, and uh, I live here in Utah, so. I'm Evan Light, and I talk too much. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, right, I'm Evan Light. I'm a, also a freelance Ruby developer. Um, I also run the Ruby Decamp Unconference. I've got the shirt on today and occasionally speak at conferences about Ruby stuff and whatever the heck's on my mind that people let me talk about at conferences. Cool. Uh, I'm Dave Brady. Uh, I'm the Chief Metaphor Officer at Slide Rule Labs. Uh, I usually... <laughs> what does it mean? Somebody asked me, what is the chief, what is, what's Chief Metaphor Officer? What is that like? And I said, it's like being the Chief Simile Officer only without the word like. So... Um, <laughs> I do the Ruby Rogues podcast with uh, Chuck, and uh, we're available for hire. And that's me. Oh, yeah. Right. I think we're pretty much all available for hire. Um, but me especially. My name Not is Tim Dave Con especially. <laughs> My name's Tim. Oh, drop the mic. My name's Tim Connor. I run Cloud City Development, which is a small agile shop in San Francisco. And there are more people. I have a couple guys here. I, I employ a bunch of remotes, actually, because there's this thing that no one in San Francisco will hire remotes. So if you're willing to work with people, very few. So if you're willing to work with people, you can get a much better deal. All right. So let's, let's start talking about this. So um, one thing that's kind of come up, I don't know if it's been on the podcast, but at least chatting with Eric Davis is that he, he likes to point out that when you go to the conferences, you're usually talking to other geeks, other programmers. Those programmers are not the people who are going to be hiring you. And so he's, he's kind of like, you know, so you're, you're not talking to your target market. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think there are some answers to that. You know, you can get referrals and things, but um, is, is there a way that you can reach your target market through the developers at the conferences? Okay, I gotta go first to this one because first I have to make fun of Eric because he's not here. Um, Eric's a bit more of an introvert than well, most of the freelancers I know, so he doesn't really like conferences that much. I love going to Ruby conferences because I don't get to hang out with nerds like these unless I talk to them online or I actually spend money to go to a conference. So, oh my God, quality of life means going to conference you know, is good. I get something out of it other than just for my business. Um, but on top of that, um, talking at conferences is a slower form of marketing because it's indirect, but I've gotten 
all the work that I've gotten because of talks I've done at conferences, thank you, Dave, all the, the talks I've done at conferences and from running Ruby Decamp. So it does work. It, it's just slower in that you're not necessarily talking to the people who would hire you. Um, in some cases, you, you are. There are sometimes you know, senior people who actually control budgets who, who, or, or uh, small entrepreneurs who are looking for help. But um, word gets around. I mean, pay, it's basically a form of paying it forward, that you're giving back to the, you're giving to the community, people recognize that, and that you're showing you have something of value and therefore you're worth working with. Yeah, one other thing that I've seen, because I have the same problem with my podcasts and screencasts and stuff, is that, you know, most of the work that I do targets developers. You know, it's something that, that they're going to listen to or they're going to watch and, you know, learn something from. And so I'm not really putting something together that the guy with the business idea is going to go, oh, I really ought to watch that because it's, it's this or that. You know, it, it tells me how to, you know, put together my product or, or tells me that this guy knows how to do it. But uh, one thing that I did find was that some of these entrepreneurs are just smart enough to decide, hey, why don't I try and do this myself? And so what happens is, is they wind up listening to a programming podcast or they wind up coming to Mountain West Ruby Conference because they're thinking, if I go to the conference, then I can learn how to build my app. And what winds up happening instead is they get exposed to somebody that, you know, they realize programming's hard, you know, knowing everything I need to know to build this app is hard. And then there are a whole bunch of people here who know how to do that. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you know, they, they realize this. And so if you come out and you're saying, I'm, I'm a freelance developer, I'm available for hire, and you're talking to something that they need, then sometimes you are talking to your target, uh, or target market, even though you're at a place that's primarily populated by people who aren't. I th yeah, I think it's entirely mythical that you're not talking to your target audience here. Um, a lot of these people work for companies who are willing to hire contractors, and it turns out that the engineers can talk to their bosses, and if you have them convinced, you are a long way towards getting contracts. Whereas, if you talk to, if you were talking to the entrepreneur anyways, he's not going to know if you're blowing smoke up your ass. Whereas, if you convince an engineer, then their boss is probably going to actually listen to you. And it's also the other important part, which is brand awareness. Like, a lot of marketing is slow in getting your name out there. So speaking at conferences, blogging, doing podcasts, et cetera. Also then help that when you have a potential client, then they know who you are. So it's not just the direct sales. Like, there is a difference. I'd say don't confuse marketing and sales. Yes, this is not a sales channel, but it's totally a marketing channel to get your name out there. Yeah, it's something we talked about a little bit when, we've, uh, when we had the broad talk about marketing. With, and I keep touting the book, Get Clients Now. Um, speaking at conferences is one of the what, top three or four ways that it's listed in that book to, to uh, market yourself. But the, the point is to, to pick things that you're comfortable with. Like Eric doesn't like being around tons of people. And I love talking with people. So Eric blogs. He does a lot of open source. I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, um it turns out, I think, part of the reason that people don't think conferences aren't good sales channels or marketing channels is they just need to work on their elevator pitch. Because if you're coming here and you're just listening to people talk and then you're just, just talking tech and you never fit in the fact that, oh, by the way, I'm available for hire, which I think a lot of people who are don't remember to put in there, 
you're going to go, wow, I didn't get any of that conference. Whereas if every time you're talking to someone, you're like, start with, by the way, yeah, I, when you're asking what you do, I'm a freelancer, and then you get talking tech, they're going to remember that. And if you get that out, that every person you talk to, you will get work out of it. I almost guarantee it. Like, I've met plenty of guys who you don't know until 20 minutes into a conversation that they're looking for work, and it's like, wow, if I knew that earlier, if I hadn't gotten that question in there, I would have never known I might want to hire you. Yeah, there's a lot of that. The other thing that I've noticed is that as you talk to people about some of these technical things, it in a lot of cases will become apparent that you have uh, an expertise that they need. And so, yeah, you're, you're not talking to somebody who needs you to build a full, build a full on app, but it's like, I really need to scale this up and I, I don't know anything about NoSQL. And so as you're talking to them, well, I've used these solutions and I found that these different things you know, apply in these different situations, you might wind up getting more of a consulting as in, instead of a build somebody their app kind of thing and, and wind up getting that kind of work instead. And it's paying work, and in, in those cases, you actually get to work with other developers instead of being the sole technical expert on the project you're working on. And you should charge more for consulting work. If it's a small piece of work, rather than if you're doing dedicated six weeks, 40 hours, and versus you're doing, oh, I'm consulting a little for here or there, and you charge the same amount, the second one can be worth not as much. Um, that's a whole talk I guess you guys have had other. Evan keeps giving me scuzzy faces for everything I say. It's yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I'm disagreeing with some of these things, but they're really personal disagreements. I just hate Tim. I, I'm, I'm kidding, I like Tim. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to just I, I I tend to try to take a fairly laid back approach to my business in that I don't want to think about it too much like a business. It's an extension of me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I try hard to do is not bullshit people ever. Just I try to tell them how it is. So or at least how I see it. I don't necessarily know how it is. Um <clears throat> I feel funny charging variable rates depending on the work. I know different freelancers feel differently about that. If they can solve someone's incredibly hard problem in an hour, then and as opposed to taking hundreds of hours, it still charge the same amount of money. I'm a little iffy on that one. I, what I was really starting to wince at, though, was the use of the, the term branding and elevator pitch. And I hate feeling... I live in SF. What can I say? Now, you what, sorry? I live in SF. It's yeah, so yeah, I know. You, 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 I, I feel you. You're living in San Francisco. All the people I meet from there speak the, the startup biz lingo. I, I just, to me, it's just telling, you know, talking to people and, and sharing who I am and trying to understand who they are. And, and if one thing I guess I look for with customers, potential clients, just people in general, is are these people that I can relate to or are these people who can relate to me? Because the last thing I want is a client who I can't communicate effectively with and or, and or I feel no empathy for. Oh, certainly, and I'm not advocating not just being friendly and talking to people, but if you only get at a setting like this, you could meet 100 people, and some of them you might only chat with for five minutes, yeah. and you have no way of knowing, and that's why I'm saying this is a marketing channel, you have no way of knowing which developers here work for a company that is desperately looking for people. And it's just getting the word out, however you want to phrase it. If you don't make sure that the people talking to you know, oh, by the way, we take work, you just totally lost what might have been the big contract that got you through the whole year. Yeah, one, one thing that I thought was interesting, too, about what Evan was saying was that, you know, he, he likes to think of it more of an ex extension of himself. Is, is, that, is that kind of what you're saying? And, and the thing is, is you, 
you kind of run the risk of having it. I mean, you 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 need to draw that line between it being uh, something that you spend time on and it being a business, and you you need to figure that out. And so I think what Tim's saying is actually very relevant with with a lot of the business lingo. And uh, you know, yeah, everybody has a different style, and I think that's fine. But if you're not thinking of it as a business and you're not thinking of it as, you know, I have this opportunity to at least let people know that I'm available for hire, you know, and, and you, you don't have that elevator pitch, you don't have, you know, that value proposition that you can give to somebody. And, you know, you're not trying to do a hard sell, but you're, you, you need to at least be thinking about this as, you know, this is a business, I need to find clients, I need to make money. And, uh, you know, you can still do that and have an organic, friendly, nice conversation with somebody. And, and you're, you know, you're not being super commercial, but, you know, I, it's important to, to think about that and realize that this is a marketing channel. It is something that you need to be considering. And it's perfectly okay to let people know that, you know, you're out there to make money so that you can support yourself. I think a lot of people say that they're afraid afraid of uh the m word do, no other well yeah they're of marketing but they're afraid of what, mormons um <laughs> not uh, mormons marketing they're, they're afraid of doing sales right i hate doing sales and and so they don't want to come schmooze and they don't want to and you're not afraid of doing sales you're afraid you're afraid of being seen as a salesman and when you come to one of these things what that's actually a good fear because what you're really saying in fa speaking of in favor of is that you want to be authentic Right. It's and, not. It's not fear of being seen as a salesman because it's it's how you feel. Right. It's all about how you feel. I mean. Right. And the, not to the, get too solipsistic. But the reality is that you you come to this and you're freelancing. You're looking for work. Be authentic. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, go. it's okay to tell people, hey, I freelance. Um, you know, and if you're you know if you have time in your pipeline, we call that being desperate. Um, you know, let people know I'm freelancing and hey, I've got time available if you know anybody that's got overflow or if you know anybody. So, and like Tim said, the, the best contract I got last year was from another programmer who got way overloaded, um, like by a factor of three and picked up two, called two of his friends and says, hey, do you want to come to LA and work? You passed up a perfectly good opportunity to talk about your pipeline. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I had to get that one in there because well, it's Dave Brady. Actually, Dave kind of said what <laughs> Dave kind of said what what, what I was what I was in trying to get across too that it, it is for me trying to be well not trying to be authentic. I, I like to think I just am. It's not something I, I try not to be a fake or try not to be anything that I I am not. Um, it's so I I still kind of wince a little at the M word at marketing, not Mormons. I I like to tease Mormons though. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a bad person that way. In a good way. Um, we set ourselves up sometimes. We, we set ourselves up sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say because I thought you were still going on. Damn it. I, I was kind of, and then I lost my train, so I put the mic down. <laughs> Happens. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say is actually sales and being authentic is very easy. All you have to do is believe in what you're selling. And as a freelancer, yes. yeah, as a freelancer, you should really believe, hey, I'm good at this and I have a service to provide. Then it almost becomes not sales anymore. It doesn't become sales. It becomes 
the reason I tell people, hey, I run a company to help you out is because I know I can solve their problems. And I know right now there's such a demand for senior skilled Rubyists that I can solve problems they probably desperately need. So it's less about being sort of markety or inauthentic as much as get that in the conversation somewhere just in case, hey, I might be able to help them out. And yes, I make good money doing it. That happens to be nice also. Well, and I think that ties back to uh, what you were saying about charging more for consulting than coding is that it, it, it comes back to that value proposition, you know. Is, is, that, is that value there for them? And if it is, then why shouldn't I get paid? And that value is not there for me if it's like, oh, why don't you fly in for two days, right. like help us out and then take off. And it's like, uh, I need to actually have dependable work. If you want that, it's going to cost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also have a slightly different attitude. Is not a pure freelancer anymore running a small company where it's sort of that borderline between a big firm and, and freelancing. So occasionally I might look at it in a slightly, it is a business because I am essentially becoming a business person. Like mm -hmm. I do less daily dev work and more, more of consulting. And that has definitely started to shift some of my views on these topics. One of the most helpful things mental shifts that I have made in this regard is that uh, JT Zemp, my partner at uh, Slide Rule Labs, the, we've started to use the word hack when it comes to people skills. So we're, right now we're hacking sales and marketing. Right now we're hacking, we're, you know, we're hacking business, we're hacking biz dev, we're hacking startup. And that somehow, it, like, it calms down the freaked out engineer inside of us and we can go, oh, I can just approach this like any other tractable problem. You know, it's, it's just NP hard. And it's, you know, it's got people skills, so there's a lot of hidden variables. And, but, but now, wait a minute, my, my standard approach does apply here to misquote Randall Monroe from XKCD because now I can start experimenting with things, I can start trying things. Uh, for example, uh, here on the Ruby Rogues, uh, or the Ruby Rogues, Ruby Freelance. not on the Ruby Rogues podcast, although you guys is, haven't had me yet. This is it. the sleep deprivation podcast. Uh, but yeah, here on the Ruby Freelancers podcast, by the way, I'm available for hire. <laughs> I just wanted yeah, to get yeah, that yeah. plug in there. <laughs> so the, while Dave's getting that plug in there, the, the one point I was going to make to something Tim said earlier was as far as that elevator pitch, um, if I, when I speak at conferences, I always get in, I'm a freelancer, I'm always looking for work. That's, mm -hmm. that's just easy. So... I don't necessarily have to go around to conferences and tell people, hey, I'm a freelancer. I mean, I do anyway whenever they ask, hey, what do you do for a living? But when I'm on the stage in front of a microphone at some point, I say, hey, I'm Evan, I'm a freelancer, and I'm looking for work. Problem solved. I think a number of developers look at people skills and marketing and sales as not fitting their personality type, sort of over almost worshipping this concept of, well, I'm an introvert, therefore, and I fit this coder personality, therefore, I won't be good at these, whereas just that sort of dedicated mindset to learning skills applies just as much for marketing sales and other skills and honestly you can't really be good really really good at technical sales unless you did use to program like i can't hire someone else to sell for myself or my company because they're gonna they're gonna totally over pitch things and not know how to do it and no one's gonna believe them mm -hmm. so i've had to learn some scale, uh, sales skills and yeah, it turns out they aren't that much different from any other skill set. Like, you examine the problem, determine what approach you're going to take, and fucking practice, 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 practice. Yep. Which is why the conference is nice, because you get lots of time to chat with people and, and see in which different settings, oh, hey, you guys are short, but looking for one of the more common pickups 
tasks for uh, freelancers is, oh, you're trying to hire, would you like some help while you're hiring? Would you like to get some of these things done instead of waiting six months until you can find this mythical senior available like Rubyist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one, one other thing that I want to uh, point out is that in a lot of cases, you can make yourself stand out. Um, and one example of this is just uh, I reached out to the Apache Foundation last year. And I was just, you know, I just uh, got in contact with somebody I knew who's involved over there. Um, I actually did an interview f with him for my Teach Me to Code podcast. And then I said, hey, there are some other interesting projects. I mean, like Hadoop, things like that. I was like, hey, um, who do I talk to for that? And so he got me in touch with their press person who got me in touch with their conference organizer. And I wound up going to ApacheCon North America la last year. And... Uh, the, the cool thing is, is you start talking to them and you find out real fast what even the conference organizers are interested in. And so um, I, I, talked to, I talked to the organizer, I talked to the press lady. Um, they put me in touch with the president of the Apache Foundation. So by the time I showed up, I mean, they were all geared up for me to show up because I was a podcaster and they wanted, they wanted exposure. I, I mean, I was like the only person that got a press pass to that conference because I was the only coder who was actually doing some kind of press thing. But the cool thing is, is if you, can, if you can get in touch with the conference organizer, you have something that they want, something that they're interested in, be it exposure or something else, um, you can usually work things out so that they start introducing you around. Because I'll tell you what, at those conferences, the people who know who's, who's there are the organizers. Oh, yeah. They know who the sponsors are, they know who the, or, who, uh, the big names are, and not only that, but they have like a direct line to them, especially while they're at the conference. So what, what winds up happening is, is, you know, you go and you say, who should I get to know? And man, they'll hook you up, you know? So, so you go to lunch with the big names, you get, you know, and, and you can at least gain some credibility that way. And a lot of times, if they, if they have that kind of credibility, people are either approaching them, trying to hire them, and sometimes they don't have time, so then you get referrals that way, or you, you, know, you, you can work something out so you wind up working with them. And so th there are a lot of things there. You can also get, like I said, introduced to some of the sponsors and uh, you can start figuring out what they want. I know for a fact that at least three of the sponsors that are on that banner over there that, that you people who are live streaming can't see, and I guess you people who are listening to the podcast can't see either, I know at least three of the sponsors on the banner hanging in this room are hiring. And that is one of the primary motivations for them sponsoring this conference is to get their name up there so that they can hire people. And I assume so, all of them are hiring, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the whole point is, is then you can do what Tim said, and and since you're getting to know the conference organizer, you can, you can exploit that direct line, get noticed, get up there, and then you know maybe make that pitch and say, look, you know, I know you're trying to fill some spots. Maybe, maybe me or some of my guys, you know, on my team or some of my subcontractors or something can kind of help bridge that gap until you find somebody. And speaking as someone who does organize a conference, uh, I have to agree with what Chuck said um, with Ruby Decamp. I know the sponsors, I've aligned all the, to, to them all in some degree, and I know who the big people are at, at Ruby Decamp, such as it is. So, um, yeah, that can work. You are the big people at Ruby Decamp. Um, only in terms of mass. <laughs> yes, I will admit that. So um, I just had kind of an epiphany based on what you guys have all just said. You know, talk to people that are hiring and say, hey, do you need you know, uh, help crossing that unicorn gap? Um, 
and Chuck's talking about finding a press pass, and you're talking about talking about, you know, about uh, organizers. And what I'm realizing is that um, the, the, for the past five or ten years, I don't think I've ever gotten a job by walking in the front door and applying for a job. If you walk up to somebody and say, I want a job, and they say, well, I'm hiring, now they have to begin this whole vetting process. There's this you know, application, there's this test, we've got to find out who you are. I've taken the side door in to pretty much every job I've ever had for the past decade. Same here. And the, the thing that I just realized is, especially with the press pass idea, is if you're looking to market and network and you want to stay authentic and you don't, and you're afraid of the sales, sales, the reason you're afraid of it is because that's walking in through the front door and trying to convince somebody who does not know you. People work with who they like and people that they know. So if you want to get hired as a freelancer, Find a reason to be around the people. Find, find, you know, go to a watering hole where other people are and find a reason for people to want you to be there. Bring something to the table. Bring a podcast. Bring something else. Let's, let's bring this full circle because it started with marketing at conferences. Mm -hmm. So this is why organizing conferences is good, although it's not why I started organizing DCAMP. I wasn't even a freelancer or thinking about it then. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I speak at conferences. It's one of the reasons I go to conferences anyway, though I just love them. So... Doing what you love, believing in, in, in what you have to offer, as Tim said, and then going to these events where you can meet other people with similar interests and they can get to know you, which is part of what being on a stage and talking to people is, is that you're, after fashion, you're introducing yourselves to them. So they become aware of you, they get to know you to some degree, and they, you build some trust, and maybe they like you. Well, maybe they don't. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Oh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. I didn't have anything. Oh, uh, anyone? I'm anyone? good at doing this to you, aren't I, Tim? Yeah, you throw me off somehow. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough. Uh, we need to work together. I, I'll, I'll throw some more. I'll throw some more business lingo at you then. Oh, ABC always be closing. Um, oh. you don't go. Oh. You don't go. Well, not quite that sense. More always be networking. One Ruby is ba is such a community driven like language that go to these events even if you don't drink. I don't drink anymore even though I'm not Mormon. I'm very not Mormon, but I still don't drink. 